Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Invasion Season 2 by Story Archives. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside the other host, Zachary Newton. Welcome back. Zach, I was uh, seeing some critiques about your pronunciation of the word other. That's why I just said the other host. Apparently, I run my words together, and I know I do. I say your other host, which sounds like you're the host, and it's interesting, and I agree. And every time I'm editing this, that's what Premiere thinks I say. So let's see if it worked when I said the other host I've this just, time. I've just brainwashed you like the aliens do to just use your opportunity to introduce yourself to just introduce me again. You know, that's really <laughs> what's happening. I'm terraforming the space of the show. My brain. I got it. Isn't that an interesting um, take on alien invasions? I haven't I haven't heard the whole like changing our atmosphere one in any alien thing I've ever watched in my life. I don't know if I would say such a strong statement is that I, I want to say I feel like I've heard of it before. Maybe it's been in a game like it doesn't feel new to me, um, but I agree it's not common. I've never heard of it and you can't name one. So I can't. Yeah, maybe it's because we're we talk so much about terraforming Mars that that's why it sounds familiar to you but alien invasion wise i can't think of one other than just straight up invasion like not, dominating not a TV us show. militarily you know what i yeah. mean yeah yeah invasion's the only tv show that i can think of like that again I, I feel i feel like there's a movie out there somewhere i've seen but i can't i can't recall the name yeah you're probably right i just i can't think <clears> of <throat> one that i've watched but we pick up 121 days after the events that occur in season one namely the alien invasion and we pick up really with only two characters actually yeah mainly two we get a little glimpse of casper at the end of the episode but Mm -hmm. we pick up with mitsuki and anisha which uh, i was a little disappointed not to see our boy trevante and i'm missing somebody oh no those are the four you have an yeah it's anisha casper mitsuki and trevante those are the core four from season one, yes. And I feel like we somehow met Hinata in this episode because, it felt uh, like it. you know, David Bowie is played to unite the aliens and the humans, which, by the way, Mitsuki's interaction with whatever this organism is didn't feel aggressive. No. It felt um, peaceful. So it did. Per- perhaps the nuke made things worse. Made things, what do you mean, made things worse? I mean, were these aliens attacking people before all yes. this went down? Yeah, they were attacking people. So then why, is, why all of a sudden is this organism peaceful towards... Well, what, what if the organism isn't fully itself anymore? What if, what if Hinata and, I don't know, potentially Casper are somehow mixed in there because this big thing is wounded is this um, gonna by be, a nuclear missile? Is this going to be one of those things at the end of the series where love is what saves us all? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> you, you asked that question so seriously. These, vac- oh. these vicious aliens, and then all of a sudden it's like, stop! Love! You I know? mean, we, 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 we leave off with, you know, knowing that Casper, at least his mind is entangled with this hive mind in some manner. He's able to control the small things. We see him wake up at the end of season one. Uh, and this season, we get a glimpse of... Uh, I'm sorry, this episode, we get a glimpse of Luke, who apparently has something similar, I guess, to what Casper had going on, though he doesn't seem to have seizures. 
He seems uh, to have a different connection to the aliens, but I will say, I guess the hive mind persists because as the, if we are to assume that everything is occurring at the same time in this episode, mm-hmm. then at the time Mitsuki's interacting with the mothership organism, Anisha's also seeing her piece of alien metal reacting to something. And then yeah. Casper at the same time is having these rhythmic tremors in his brain because now he's somehow been... I'm assuming airlifted to some hospital where French neurologists are looking after him. The Casper one gets me. And don't forget Luke is hearing something as well. But yeah, the Casper one gets me uh, a little bit because we leave off with him in, I, I thought it was a morgue. So I'm wondering what prompted people to take him out of the morgue and hook him up to different machines. So I'm not quite sure how we made that leap. But yeah, I mean, we get a little Easter egg or a little a sneak peek, I should say, of uh casper here i wonder if that means he's been separated from jamila and his friends you know because he doesn't seem to be in the same hospital that we left off with him in the previous season and also in the previous season like you said i think you just said he was in the morgue so i guess they found him and they were like oh wait he's alive you know and they brought him to for observations maybe jamila doesn't even know that yet i always love that scenario where you know the lover doesn't know that the ex-lover is, you know, alive still. Yeah. And then they come back like episode six and it's like, oh my gosh. It's great unless they move on. <laughs> yeah. that I was going to say, unless she comes back and she's with Monty, which would be the absolute worst case scenario here, right? Well, yeah. Monty for, for, for all Casper. of those who are like, who's Monty's little douchebag bully from season one? That kid. Yeah. So. And I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I mean. I'd probably move on to if I were in the midst of an alien invasion and the only kid I liked died in front yeah. of me. All right. So the way this is going to work is we're going to be doing these midweek instant reaction, deep dive type episodes where we, you know, react, break down and do little bits of recap for all of you out there who um, are also watching Invasion Season 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is this is going to be exciting. I... I think this was a great start to season two. Like I, I, there wasn't really anything in here that I felt disappointed on. And mm-hmm. all right, that whole CGI thing, I'm pretty sure uh, it, for those that don't know, I, I had sent you a video on Instagram of this yes. very short clip of mm-hmm. the show that Apple had posted with this CGI alien and it looked horrible on Instagram. I'm pretty sure we saw that shot in here or at least very similar shots. And I, I'm like I'm okay with it. it. It it looks it looks good in the context of the show. I'm are not you, disappointed. Are you retracting your your critical no, response I, to that? Clip? I I think that clip was the absolute worst looking piece of CGI that I've seen posted by Apple like ever, um, on social media. But in the show, it it looks good. For those who aren't aware of the show dynamics, just understand that Zach is the hyper critical of of the two here zach couldn't it have just been compression issues on instagram it totally could have and it looked like absolute shit and i, would I don't think it, it. <laughs> i don't think it looked like absolute shit from the thing you, <laughs> you sent me but i i digress i think i think apple spoiling us a bit also i mean the sets in this particular series like the premiere and just the mothership and the art and everything was incredible. The inside of the of the mothership with all the drop ships inside of it. One of these ships definitely was I'm assuming they it was just like one ship 
that was causing all of the events because the amount of dropships that fit inside of the mothership is massive. It almost looked like the remaking of Godzilla. If you remember how big Godzilla looked in that thing, mm-hmm. that's what that ship kind of looked like to me as you see it jutting out of the Amazon rainforest, yeah. right? Um, also, just absolute sh- just shit luck for for Brazil. You know what I mean? Yeah, like just, really. It's just right in the middle of the rainforest. Yeah, just, <laughs> I mean, of all the places to land, you got to land. Oh, I, I would hate to be, you know, in Brazil at that, you know, I where would, the mothership is. I would hate to be there too. What, what I don't know is, I, I guess, the size comparison. Because at the end of season one, um, we see Trevante and his wife out on on a beach staring out into the distance and we see for the first time yeah. what looks like a massive ship. I can, I, I'm, I'm wondering if that is like, like an in-between from these drop ships and the mothership that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of stuck there because the mothership is destroyed. Or are those potentially just other motherships lying dormant at the moment? They're just waiting. Well, I don't think they're too dormant because as we saw early in the episode, Japan is under attack because mm-hmm. remember, everything stopped moving and I guess they started moving again. I will say this, a flamethrower would definitely come in handy with these little spider creatures. Apparently. I I thought it was just pure luck when Trevante in season one uh, flamethrowered the uh, the alien that was coming after him, Cass and Jamila, no. Cass and Jamila but apparently it's a viable weapon and could actually- no. Kill them or at least really, really slow them down. No, they shrivel up like raisins uh, as soon as you touch them with fire, apparently. They should come to Florida. I mean, it's pretty hot over here. I mean, I I think the way I would approach it is kind of the way Anisha's approaching it. Like, I'm going to assume these aliens are not going to like either extreme temperature. They're either going to hate super hot weather or they're going to hate freezing weather. I would probably go towards the freezing weather. And yeah. um, although I would, I'm more, I think I'm better suited for the excessive hot weather, just coming, been born and raised in Florida. Mm-hmm. I think I would be, I would not last like these Norwegian, you know, Anglo, uh, you know, your white Europeans who are able to just like survive in like, yeah, if you ever go to the beach, like the West coast of Florida mm-hmm. in the winter, that's when all like the snowbirds and the Europeans go to that side and they're just in the water in shorts and they're just like oh, like nothing. Yeah. It's like what 50 60 degree water and they're just yeah. chilling in it. Yeah. You, <clears> you might know, the, you might make it. You might make it cuz I, I feel like I, it's probably in your blood. I I I do like the cold. Like <laughs> I, I enjoy being out and like you know going to places that are cold. But I will tell you I'm horrible with uh you know a significant water? change in water temperature like okay, from maybe not. anything different like if the water's too hot I don't like it if it's too cold I don't like it so I I don't think so I'm not going to be the person swimming in the uh in the water I, I'm not built for it your irish <laughs> german cold. your irish german ancestors are are ashamed of that hey, listen ashamed. man it, it's it's been a while since uh since I've been in the cold for long enough <laughs> to not worry about cold water but you All know right. I, I find I find your point interesting about you know you wanting to to go towards like a, a extreme temperature change of either super cold or super hot yeah i would think that if these aliens came from outer space that they would kind of be a little more like resilient to temperature change considering that they literally were flying through the freezing vacuum of space and they, they haven't had a lot of other protection um it it seems too convenient for them to to have to come to this one planet that's in the perfect position just far enough away from the sun to hit that 
very small range of temperature that they would be okay with. It does seem though that you're better off going to places where there's no humans because it I feels agree. like the way where an alien would go would be like where the largest heat map. Be, these can't, these things can't see. So they're just going to, at first, I mean, that's another question how they're navigating through space, but nonetheless, they can't see, they can only hear and probably, I don't know if they can smell. I think they can only hear like almost like those creatures from, uh, what's that movie? A Quiet Place? Uh, yeah, Quiet yes. Place. Yes. Those are aliens too in that movie, right? I do believe so. I haven't really watched the whole movie. I think I watched the first movie. I haven't watched the second yeah. one. Yeah. Second one's good too. It has our boy uh, Killian Murphy in it. Does it really? Yeah. 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 Well, He's in it. All right. I'm going to have to watch it sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get into a recap. But first, let's do some housekeeping. You want to do the housekeeping today? Uh, I'll, do can, it. I'll do it. I can give it a shot if you want. I'll do it. I'll do it. I, yeah, that, I, I just, that's the thing that you've mastered. I just I've mastered the outro. Yeah, you've mastered the intro. I just threw it at you, you know, keeping you on your on your feet here. I was, about, um, I was prepared to do it. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning into our Invasion Season 2 premiere. We hope you're checking out our other coverage on the channel, the way our TV Guide coverage works. If you're old enough to remember TV Guide, I'm barely old enough to remember TV Guide. I remember it. We have about three episodes a week. We are covering Invasion midweek, and we are also covering Foundation with an instant reaction and a deep dive. So tune in to our channel if you want to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have video to accompany our lovely voices on this show. And if you love video, go on over to YouTube and subscribe and make sure to leave us five-star ratings and reviews so that we can keep up and be prepared for when the aliens invade us. All right. right. For all other things that I did not mention, check out the show notes in the description of this episode. Let's get into the recap. How do you feel about the World Defense Coalition, Zach? Uh, The WDC, it hits a little too close to home. What's the name of the woman uh, who runs the thing? Can you rewind that? What's her name? I can rewind it. Uh, Benya... Benya Mabote. What? Mabote. Benya Mabote. 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 Maybot. I don't know. All right. This is like a bastardized UN that's going on here. Assumes we assume that all the world leaders have come together Mm -hmm. and taken over, right? Because that's what humans do. Right. Of course. Moment there's calamity, all the governments take the opportunity to centralize and to overrule and to take centralized control. Even take. Yeah, even taking <laughs> guns away from Anisha, who's just protecting her family, you know? that I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. However, there does seem to be a viable threat here because the aliens have so far infected about 30% of the planet's atmosphere, which is a pretty horrible and horrifying thing to think about, uh, as if aliens invading isn't bad enough, you now have to contend with the fact that they're infecting your air to the point that you can't live in most regions of the earth yeah now somehow there's this indian elon musk type i'm assuming he's going to be based roughly on elon musk this kind of privatized individual who has the means to fund and to do this operation the only reason i think that this person is going to be heavily based on somebody like elon musk is because elon musk is a titan of industry right he's Mm -hmm. mastered all sorts of things i mean even nasa hates him to the point i mean you know what i mean like in the sense that his role models, if you've heard any interviews of, of Elon Musk, he was very disappointed to meet his heroes and his heroes weren't really happy with what he was doing with SpaceX, yeah. right? Yeah. But he's made everybody eat their crow and it feels like this guy, Nikhil Kapoor, 
is um of the ilk but however we don't know what his true motivations are because the wdc is threatening to take control of the situation in brazil which is kind of weird to me to begin with that they would allow that to be a private endeavor right it feels like it feels like world leaders would collude to take someone out like uh nikhil kapoor in this episode nikhil i keep on saying Mm -hmm. nikhil kapoor because it sounds pretty epic but it is an epic name I will say, depending on where you stand, I mean, I felt my the first thing that came to mind was that this is going to be based on Elon Musk, and then now it's like super popular for a certain segment of the population to hate Musk, and then another segment to defend Musk. So depending on where the direction of this show goes and who the writers are, will be the direction of which that character goes probably. But mm. based on the um, psychiatric baseline test that they take, putting Hillary Clinton up there, we can only assume <laughs> that something uh, negative might occur here. Uh, in I, portray- imagine. I mean, they're putting Hillary Clinton up there with Nelson Mandela. Like, give me a break. Right? <laughs> <laughs> give me a damn he, break. He kind of felt like a, a little bit of an an- anarchist to me. So I, I'm, I'm very excited to see how his character develops and what happens in this well, season. Well, he's not like the most likable person in this episode. But to me, the, doctor, the doctor's also infuriatingly annoying. Dr. Castillo? Yes. Oh, I got to sneeze. All right, he's gonna blow up just like the aliens did when <laughs> Mitsuki blew up the car. Yeah, we idea. we have a contention of annoying characters in this episode. Oh my god! Pro- no. Probably led with Doctor Castillo and Luke. No, Luke being the Luke, most annoying. Luke is number one. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's Luke. I, you, you would not believe how many times in my notes I wrote in all caps about this sob, and I, I want to be the one to smack him at this point. Yeah, I call them annoying about four times in my notes because. The only thing he really agrees to without issue in this episode is to go get some damn hot chocolate when they get to the uh, the camp. That's the only thing he doesn't actually actually complain about in this episode. But let's do an actual recap here. Mitsuki, after uh, shacking up with the last Buddhist monk, which seemed like a scene out of a Wong Kar Wai movie um, at the end of last season where he's saying, you know, Buddhists believe that in order to find peace, you must uh, deny all pleasure to yourself and... Mm forget the past well i think i'm going to indulge in all pleasure as he takes a drag out of his cigarette it was a pretty epic line a pretty epic moment in the show but here she is with molotovs attached to her waist and pretty much world famous at this point because she is singularly responsible for the only successful attack on an alien mothership as well as the only successful communication attempt with the aliens yeah these people i guess this uh what is it called? Darmax from what? Uh, Nikhil? Oh, Dharma. Yeah, the Dharma yeah. Initiative. Yeah. Well, that, that's what came to mind when I when I read it, but it's called Darmax. Um, Sounds like, like a yeah, Carmax. Yeah. Well, anyways, I, I feel like I feel like that group is probably how we see some of these characters come together again. That would be my just initial guess from the little bit that I've, I've seen of the season, just yeah. being this one episode because it's all it's yeah. out. Um, so maybe that's how uh, Trevante gets pulled into things and maybe his wife doesn't hate him for that because it wasn't his decision to go. Wasn't whose decision to go where? Well, I'm saying if, if these people forcefully pull Trev back into the battlefield here, just like they pulled Mitsuki into it, maybe maybe Trev's wife won't be quite as mad at him because he yeah, didn't we have can... a... I think I kind of glossed over that in my own mind of how sort of messed up it is. Yeah. To abduct Mitsuki, but I gotta say Mitsuki's had it pretty good in terms of survival uh, in this uh, alien post-apocalyptic world, right? Because yeah, 
I mean, she's with Jassa, right? She's on the on the ground, you know, ground floor trying to fight these aliens, communicate with them, and now here she is, like saving people in the city. Mm-hmm. Which I found it ridiculous that these people didn't try to like bombard this helicopter. They just land the helicopter in the middle of the city. Everyone's running past it. Like you're telling me, at least fifteen people aren't going to try to get a ride on this chopper. You know, I, I would jump on and they, try and get out. Also, they land on the exact spot that Mitsuki's running through in the city. It is. It is a bit convenient. Her story. Her storyline was was throwing me a bit. And you know, you know, I li- I love this show, but it was throwing me a bit with the conveniences of it. But it totally makes sense why they're trying to reach out to her. I just didn't really buy the chopper landing the, in the exact area that she's running through as, you know, a swarm of these alien creatures are, you know, running amok in the town. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a very risky mission to go and find her. Yeah. Then we go to British Columbia. Uh, seems Anisha has gone north as far as she can here. She's trying to. And she's done a good job of turning her children into uh, rough and tumble scavengers here. They have a 17-second rule. Just one of them. Uh, yeah. The thing is, is that Luke's always going off the, off the playbook, yeah. you know? He's always also, breaking the rules and not in a good way. I know the casting is probably out there saying, like, please don't mention the fact that Luke looks like he's aged five years since season one. But <laughs> Luke looks like he's aged five years and it's only been 121 days, so... It's one of the things you can't really avoid. It seems this kid uh, hit puberty at the exact time season one ended. I wish I had a growth spurt like that when I was a kid. Maybe you know, I'd be a half a foot taller. I can't help but think like when I watch these shows, right? It's just the mother, the son, and the sister. And she's trying to take them to like the last frontier. And I think mm-hmm. to myself, like, what are these kids going to do? They're never going to have like a, a friend or romantic interest, nothing. And so the moment I'm thinking that, Clark comes into the picture and he has like a daughter perfectly Luke's age. I'm like, oh, and I wrote in my notes, Luke's girlfriend. There you go. <laughs> like you got to give the kid a girlfriend, you know? It's, yeah. just, a, it's just a thing you got to do. So, because he's like all this, he's like this grungy kid. He's trying to, you can see where he's coming from. He's trying to be super helpful, right? He has a good idea to go steal the military's gas. Just mm-hmm. horrible execution. Um, I don't even know if I'd call it a good idea. Like, I, I, I can't get on board with any decision Luke's made in this episode. I just want to, like, it's backhand a, him the entire time. It was just bad execution, man. I thought it was a, a good idea. I thought I would have taken some MREs, personally. Like That's I what take, I would have gone for. I would have taken some MREs, but he's just a very clumsy kid. The way he was, like, waddling over to the military convoy was not the most athletic. So, nope. but, you know, Nisha's done a good job here. She has rules set forth for her kids. She's... They're surviving. I will say this doesn't look like British Columbia to me, but uh, I'm not sure what it looks like. Looks very. Yeah, this is not feels very arid. Time. Feels very arid. You know, hmm. I don't know if British Columbia. I've never been. I've never been there. It just reminded me of California when I was watching it. It felt like one of those when you deviate from like the PCH and you go in into like a valley. That's what it kind of looked like. To I me. haven't been to California. Oh, well, someone out there will get the reference. Somebody will resonate. Yep. All right. Thoughts on Anisha's storyline because I didn't know how she was going to get reeled into everything, but it totally makes sense. I, I remember I said yeah. in our episode that we just recorded last night, yeah. I said it would have something to do with Luke like getting carried up or something like that. He mm-hmm. would be the one who gets him into the mess. Well, for sure enough, he gets him into a mess. She says, avoid the military. Just avoid the military. And what does the kid do? He st- tries to steal <laughs> gas cans from the military. They get immediately arrested. And freaking Clark Kent is in the back of it waiting for them. So Clark Kent. No, George Clooney. 
George Clooney. I thought they, I thought he looked like um, Clark Kent a little bit, like uh, Henry Henry Cavill's Clark. Henry Kent. Cavill, nah. When I when I the way he talks and carries himself I in there, I was just going I straight totally, down on face. I totally like. I didn't think it was George Clooney, but I wrote in my notes. I'm like this George Clooney looking dude because I missed his name. Um, I I was hoping, you know, I always hope that these random characters are going to be like A-listers, like George Clooney, you know? <laughs> it's just freaking George Clooney in the back of the thing, but he's actually George Clooney. He's like, hey, I'm George. That would be, be great. That'd be like playing themselves, yeah. more more like Bill Murray in Zombieland, you know? Okay. Like, okay. Like <laughs> something like that. That would be That amazing. would be funny. Yeah. I, Anisha's story still feels a little disconnected from everything else that we've seen going on. Um, but... I think I think we're finally starting to see like the 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 beginning of of some movement with with her and her family. I I guess you know she's going to end up joining this group, or maybe Luke wants to join the group. She still wants to get away, and and that's what a lot of the uh, the storyline might might revolve around. Speaking of which, this guy that that looks like George Clooney, uh-huh. when they end up breaking out a little later in, in the episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was I was looking at what is that guy's name David from The Last of Us. Like it just it just gave me some really Last of Us vibes when when they were walking like in into that that good old cult town. I'll say this: none of these groups, none of these groups ever end well. At least in these TV shows, Mm-mm. right? Like if we find ourselves in a situation like this, because I've watched so many of these dystopian shows <laughs> whatever the resistance is i don't think i'd ever want to join the resistance because there's they're always led by some guy who it's always a nice first impression right mm-hmm. it's like joining like an organization or joining like a, a you know your new job like you know it's the honeymoon phase right the new ones yeah. come in who knows maybe he has the hots for anisha and they treat everyone well and then a week later you find out that the deer stew ain't deer stew. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Well, I hope you don't know exactly what I mean. But you, well, I get you. I, I get mean, you. I haven't I've, tasted it, but yeah. <laughs> if the audience members want to know exactly what we mean, go watch our last of yeah, us. Go series. watch our last of us series uh, <laughs> that you can find on demand. Um, I wanted to make a point about um. I think it was the WDC I was going to make a comment on. Okay. I'm a little confused about these aliens, man. Yeah. These ships are technological marvels. And somehow they haven't disrupted human communication on Earth. Mind you, this ship, although technically like down for the count, uh-huh. it can still be communicated with. These aliens don't have a means of disrupting all, like just immediately disrupting all of our radio communication across the Earth. Well... They did in season one. Remember, then how is this no woman Benya Mabute? How is she <laughs> Benya <commu-> Mabute? <laughs> I think it's because the ship is down; it's wounded, right? Like, dude, but there's rem- more than remember, one. There's more than one. There's yes, there's more than one. But that goes back to my question that I had at the beginning of this, which is those other ships that we you think see they're connected are those, like to some this in between thing, or are they are they all just kind of stopped because? The mothership here, the hive mind, whatever we want to call this thing, is wounded and is down and it does not have a lot of strength. We know that this thing can still interrupt some communications while it's in this, I guess, fragile state. Yeah. Right. Just because no cameras work in there. So maybe it's just down enough that it works. It's a great point. Technology outside works. 
I think that's a great point. But I, I would hate it if it's correct because it just, I'm tired of the whole like shoot one and they all die thing, you know? Yeah. These yeah. aliens got to be more sophisticated than like, hey, uh, hey, Bob, they're not going to shoot down the one mothership, right? Like, what are the odds of that? Ain't no way, man. Ain't no way. It's just <laughs> not going to find us. I mean, Bob, they shoot down that one. We're all done. We can't even go back home. <clears throat> it's not going to happen. It's, uh, the, the chances of it and then the new kids, you know? Yeah. I, I will say this, though. I, I feel like this ship will probably stay down like this for quite some time. Um, it, it, when I was watching season one, one thing that I thought but I never really said out loud was that for the majority of season one, seeing the aliens and the build up to the aliens and, and everything going on, they kind of felt a little underwhelming, too invincible. Oh. Like, like if there were a battle, I don't think there would be any way the humans would win. I, I think the fact that the ship is down and now there's like this, you know, weakened connection between things. Like, I, I feel like that's what we needed to be able to have any sort of realistic chance to fight these aliens in this season. So as annoying as it is, um, I think it's necessary that this thing is down here and, and we're having communication issues between the aliens. Well, I think that the hive mind is just a device that they use to give the humans a damn chance in the war. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's the reason that's I don't like point. it. That's kind of the reason I don't like it because I kind of want it to be something more, um, like on the front lines. You know, it's just like it's, it's me versus yeah. you. It, it's um, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger in the original Predator. I want something more, you know, unique. You know, I don't know something I've never seen before. However, I will say, oh, I had a point to make about the. Aliens being invincible or something along those lines. I'll come back to it. Okay. I just find that... I don't know. Just It is interesting because you got like a couple of things going on. You got these, these kids that have this connection to the aliens. And it seems like only the kids have this weird connection to the aliens. Some, yes. All right. Yeah, some of them, which begs the question, why just some of them? I don't know. There's a lot to go through, but Mitsuki arrives in Brazil. She's introduced to Nikhil Kapoor, who is, he's got to be like this billionaire guy who is he's definitely rich. heading up this, this mission to communicate with the mothership. Now, why the WDC is allowing this, I don't know. And I remember my point now. In my opinion, the only way that humans could survive this is if you did have something like a WDC. You would need every single nation in communication with each other to tackle this. It's like this is no longer, I know that's like a globalist vision and whatnot, but it is absolutely necessary yeah. to fight against the aliens. You can't have the US versus the aliens and Germany versus the aliens and the UK versus the aliens and Japan versus the aliens. No, it has to be like a massive alliance where everyone puts their crap aside. It's probably, you know, it's like the movie Arrival, I think. Um, you know, that the the moral of the story is pretty much like, we want humans to be at peace with each other. And the only way to bring humans together through peace is to bring a, a crisis so large that you would need to fight together to defeat this common enemy. It would put yeah. all nonsense aside. 
You probably wouldn't have any issues in the Middle East for the first time in, you know, thousands of years. And yeah. you wouldn't have conflicts anywhere. The, the Ukraine war would end. Everyone would just have to fight the aliens. We'd have, they'd have to put everything aside and say, hey, we're going to fight the aliens. Well, look at, look at the line from our George Clooney man that uh, was with Anisha. Uh, when he broke out of the, the little uh, truck, right? Uh -huh. He says a line to the soldier, we're fighting a war against the same enemy. When you start acting like that, maybe we can win. That was the one line that made me feel like, okay, maybe this movement is legit because the, he could have capped everyone there, which by the way, yeah, every example of the military we've seen in this show has been incompetent to the to the highest degree. Oh my gosh. They're yeah. constantly being taken down by convoys. There's no military convoy that would stop for that girl on the road, at least not in the way that they did. No. I I wouldn't. I, I mean, I would think I wouldn't. <laughs> um she looks like she she may have been too far gone with all of that blood pouring out of her mouth and, and face. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. The military in this has seemed very incompetent, uh, both in the bit that we get in this episode and what we've seen in the last season. Um, and, you know, I, I agree with you that that line mixed with the fact that even though one of his guys got shot in the arm and nobody shot back, maybe they're not bad. I, you know, but how, how far, I'm assuming there's always factions within these groups, right? And there's always yes. like a second in command that wants to go rogue and like, you know, why are we cooperating with the military? We got to go after them, you know, something like that, mm -hmm. you know, Shane to Rick type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody who's, you know, not as peace seeking as a Clark character is. And that's usually what goes wrong with all these groups when you watch any of these shows. Mm -hmm. All right. Can we talk about the fact that everything that goes wrong for Anisha in this episode has everything to do with Luke? He breaks the 17 yeah. second rule. Then he tries to steal from the military. They get arrested. Okay. Which, by the way, we didn't talk about the fact that Anisha gets arrested simply because apparently they've been on the, they've been, they've been hunting for them because they have this piece of black metal that could yep. be a, a weapon against the aliens. Yeah. Why would the aliens bring a piece of uh, metal that could be used to uh, as a weakness against them? Or is it a part of their ship? I think it was a part of their ship that just, like, I think it's of a similar material, right? Like, you, you pointed out in the last season that it's it's their kryptonite, right? Like, it's something from their home planet that can, I guess, pierce their, uh, I wouldn't call it flesh or skin or whatever, but their, their bodies, at least, and actually do some damage. Makes perfect sense to me, because if you think about it, like all of our weapons, our weapons are vulnerable to our weapons. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't their materials, why wouldn't they be vulnerable to their own materials, right? Exactly, yeah. I'm sure there was a civil war in their planet, wherever the hell they're from at some don't, point. Don't you find it interesting? It, all right. I think the weird thing about this whole terraforming plot is because every other alien invasion story we've heard is usually the aliens are leaving their planet because they don't have any more resources. And so mm -hmm. they're coming to our planet because they need our resources right? Yeah. This story, they're terraforming it to make it suitable for them. Mm -hmm. If they can terraform Earth this rapidly, like within weeks, right? And within months, it's taken mm -hmm. four months to make it to terraform it 30%. Yep. Why don't you just do it to any other planet? Yeah. I, 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 this is a good question. Um, I guess I, I can't, I can't, I can't assume that this planet is just oh it's so inhabitable for 
inhabitable for them. I, I would imagine many other planets would have been inhabitable for these aliens. Yeah. So I don't know. Because in the in this universe that we're watching the show, aliens exist, which means that there has to be a, another planet that suits them, which mm-hmm. means that would make two planets that could suit them, right? Mm-hmm. So, which means that there's got to be another somewhere yeah. in the infinite galaxy, right? Yeah. Anyways, just, just a thought. Maybe a plot hole, may, maybe someone who's a genius out there is going to be like, you know, no, Mario, you're wrong. Because maybe Earth has just the exact combination of uh, metals and elements that they need uh, to huh. survive. How about we just chalk it up to if it wasn't Earth, there wouldn't be a show. This is true. Yeah. Mitsuki undergoes perhaps the most triggering psychological testing uh, you can just believe with this. <laughs> Am I right to be annoyed by Dr. Castillo? I, mean, I don't she... like her. <laughs> First and foremost, she shares intimate medical details with Nikhil immediately. Yep. What about like doctor patient confidentiality yeah. i think we're past HIPAA at this point man <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody's giving a crap about hipaa compliance right now i'm just saying she was really annoying in the sense of trying to get her baseline you know psychological i mean look she tells her right before she goes into you know what it is she's so negative the whole time yeah and it's just like shut up like, she's what not op- gonna make it what option do we have? I know your character is there to be that person, to be the heel, or not the heel. She, they're gonna make her to be like the the better of the two because Nikhil wants to, like the is okay with killing her. He's reckless, the thing, yeah. Right? But I I agree with him by the way. Like I I again I think I think Mitsuki, I would sacrifice the one for the many. I think Mitsuki would agree with him. She would I be think pissed. So too. She'd be pissed if they pulled her out soon. Yeah, hundred percent. Doctor Castile's annoying. I'm standing by that take. Man, if if I if I were in Mitsuki Mitsuki's shoes and and that doctor was just like, and by the way, right before you go in there, everybody that's gone in there, they, they didn't I'd come smack, out normal. I'd, Something happened. Like I don't know what what happened. Like I I'd be so pissed. I was off. hoping Mitsuki would smack her. Like look, I know. I'm going in. I know there's a danger. What are we doing here? <laughs> Where is there not a danger right do you, now? Like, do you think I want to be here? Do you think? This is a scenario that I dreamed of being in. No, it's like a necessity to do it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. There's a couple annoying people in this episode, to say the least. Oh, it's just her. Oh, it's her, Luke, and the and the army guy, uh, the, the <laughs> corporal, or whatever, captain. Um. Speaking of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. they do this baseline psychological test, right? She yeah. says that every person who's gone in here has had severe neurological damage, like memory loss and everything. Yeah. And and she says, what happened to the last guy? And he says, well, he hasn't woken up yet. So that test isn't even helpful because everybody who's gone in here has been irreparably changed. Yeah. You know? I don't even think you have to go so far as asking the deeply personal questions. You could just do simple stuff. Like what was your elementary school? You know? Yeah, I don't I don't really get the point of that unless they're like I don't know, trying to They're just emphasizing the Hinata, emotional the reaction. Of, of course. They're trying of course. I think they were trying to invoke the fight flight response. Uh they were trying to see when she would break. So that I think Dr. Castillo is supposed to be annoying. Yeah. Which by the way, she could end up being like a love interest for Mitsuki in this season. Right? I th- I thought that when I when I was watching the trailer too. Like I I kind of 
I felt oh, by like. The, by the way, we we got called out for um for saying something in a trailer well, from Foundation like, I'm not reading the book and telling you shit from the book, so sorry. Um, well, the this one person had a point. It was because. I think we made a comment about something in Foundation that occurred in the trailer. That is technically, definitely a spoiler with the way Foundation is. And it gives up. Like, you know, absolutely with certainty something's going to occur that hasn't happened on screen yet. So, I get where, I get where they're coming from. I mean, granted, you know, give us a break. But, you know, I don't really take it critically. I, I just think it's it's a solid point in terms of we should probably leave all trailer talk for the trailer breakdown and not mention things that we certainly no need to happen on screen before they do. Well, it's one of we, it's why one of the reasons I don't watch movie trailers because I hate watching movie trailers. Yeah, it's because when you watch yeah. it, it's like you, let's say you have a scene in the beginning of the movie, and you know your main character is in a shootout with like bandits or something. Okay, mm-hmm. but then you know you saw the trailer, and then you he saw a, you saw a scene with him on a mountain that you haven't seen on screen yet. So you're like, oh, so he's gonna survive this shit. So that you're you're suspension of disbelief or whatever that's called yeah. gets destroyed in that moment because you know he's going to survive this no matter what. Well, well, to be fair and this context, I think the only point in which case we see these two together, th- those shots were from this episode. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, they, they do look like they could, you know, be potentially love interest of, of the other person. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right. So, Mitsuki fails her psychological test because she storms out. Who wouldn't? I'd probably storm out too if somebody was just asking me, you know, questions about, you know, I don't know, the love of my life being killed by a nuke that I somehow played a part in sending her way. (laughs) You know, uh, yeah, I'd be a little triggered too. So, Nikhil at this point is absolutely the more um, relatable one because... Like, hey, everything else has failed. Maybe we need somebody who's not by the book and stable. Yeah. Maybe we need somebody acting out of a different motivator here, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. She's, she's also, like, in addition to that, though, she's a great candidate for this because she's done it once. Yeah. Let's push it forward. Mitsuki enters the ship to communicate with this organism, which looks like a floating glowworm, uh, which, by the way, also doubles up as a massive power source, supposedly. And one mm-hmm. of the scientists in the room says, it's the size of Canada in there. I don't. I didn't understand that line. I didn't. Maybe somebody in the audience understood it, but it was this blonde scientist, and she was like, "Yeah, it's the size of Canada in there, or something like that." And I didn't understand the line. I so. don't quite get that either. Yeah. Um, I will say that this, what I what I've dubbed the blob. The blob is that uh, yeah. the working title? Okay. That's that's what I'm calling it. The blob. Isn't this like a direct? Have you seen the movie Extinction? I haven't watched it. It has Natalie Portman in it. Uh, I don't think so. Isn't this the exact way the alien looks in, in Extinction? I really don't know. The only comment I was going to make about the blob was that okay. this was totally uh, designed so that you would purchase the Pro XDR display from Apple and watch it on there. Oh, for this real? Thing, this thing reminds me so much of the screensaver that, that comes on on that on that screen. Um, just with this like chroma effect going on. It look it looks pretty cool. I mean, I'd want to touch it. Okay. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> 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 All right. 
Besides Zach wanted to touch the alien. <laughs> touch the uh, bob. Touch the bob. <laughs> uh, tell me that that alien doesn't look identical. It's like the exact, it's directly from Annihilation. Annihilation, by the way. It's not Extinction. Natalie Portman. It's called Annihilation. I will look it up because I don't think I've seen that either. I haven't watched it, but just look at that picture I texted to you right now and look at the exact the color scheme. Hmm. That does look very similar. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, very similar colors. Yeah. Um, the blob. <laughs> it's always going to be the blob. <laughs> the blob seems to be what's controlling this mothership and is somewhat imprisoned in this little cell that they have built it for seems it. seems like it. How they built this cell around this alien organism. How they erected all of the scaffolding uh, here and yeah, built this entire facility within four a couple months. months. Four yeah. months. I would love to know how they did that. Perhaps that's how Nikhil got in this position. Maybe he was the only person with the, you know, because government's not going to be able to build that in four months. So maybe it was like no, a private. You can't even build a bridge in four months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe Sorry it was a, if you're a bridge builder. I don't, maybe I don't know it was it <laughs> a private organization that needed to do this. And he was like, I'll do it under one condition that I get to, I get like a month with this thing, you know? Yeah. So, I get a month to touch the blob. Uh. <laughs> Which it looks like Mitsuki might. That thing, I mean, it it cuts away from her like right before. She touches it? It would like touch the tip of her her helmet. So, maybe she does end up like, I don't know, touching it and morphing into it or I don't know, something weird. I feel like she, like that blob could go through solid sur surfaces if it wanted to. I would I, imagine. I would love to know how many construction workers died in the construction of the cell around that blob. Yeah. That's a I good would, point too. I'd also like to know if this David Bowie peaceful blob of an alien mm -hmm. was perhaps using that as like a, a decoy, a way to soften up Mitsuki before harming her. But I don't think so. It just felt too peaceful. It did feel very peaceful. And I'm I'm not sure. Like for for a moment in season one, I thought it was the aliens using Hinata to get to Mitsuki somehow but yeah seeing this really makes me wonder is it Hinata in there somehow like that's like it's because you know it almost starts to look like a little face coming out towards Mitsuki for a well, moment it looked like the face of the alien how it has like a mouth within a mouth it looked a little bit like that to me personally yeah but it, it, peaceful yeah yeah, a little, a little peaceful. It's just once, once a kiss. It doesn't want to kill you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe like maybe maybe Hinata is in there somehow and is actually responding to to this sound and, and to what's going on. And I'm still wondering where Casper is because remember Casper woke up in well in his brain. I guess he woke up. He was not physically up as yeah. we can still see. Uh, but he was in like some dark space somewhere and he does see Hinata's father in his vision. Yes. So like, uh, could they somehow be intertwined with the blob? I, I don't know. Well, we know there's some sort of inter intertwined 
hive mind connection here, right? Because we mm-hmm. have a few factors going on. We have the piece of metal is reacting to whatever's going on between Mitsuki and the blob. We also have Luke who can hear some humming. And we also have Casper who seems to be coming back to life with brain signals that are forming a pattern. And yeah. if we know anything about the sound that the aliens communicate through, it not only like makes a sound, but if you leave it over objects that can be shaped, it'll make patterns with it. So if you see sand, it'll make a pattern. If you it's water, it'll make a pattern in the water, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely something there. And for all we know, Hinata's not necessarily in the blob necessarily, like so to speak. But she could be somewhere else. And there's this way that these aliens are able to communicate through, you know, space and time that is foreign to us as humans. But this encounter with this alien definitely throws me for a world because it's not aggressive. It's not, doesn't feel like it's going to lead to a violent altercation. If anything, if it leads to some sort of violent, aggressive confrontation, it'll be as, a, for me, in my opinion, a direct result of something stupid Nikhil does. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that just seems the way that, the ter- that they're taking his character in. Yeah. Um, while Mitsuki will probably be advocating for, no, the aliens are not here to, you know, whatever. Whatever it is. But nonetheless, they are terraforming the damn planet and they're killing people in the streets. So... I don't know. I don't know how these the aliens are connected to this peaceful blob. I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it may, maybe the blob is kind of unconscious right now, right? Like maybe maybe the ship is wounded enough that this that this brain, which I'm assuming is what this would be, is not really like in control of itself. It's just kind of there, kind of like Casper is in in his bed right now. Um, yeah. That that might be a possibility too. All right, speaking of Casper, he is understudied by some French neurologists. We don't know where he is stationed in, stationed at, but we do think we will be seeing Casper return in the near future because the second episode is titled Chasing Ghosts, and his name is Casper. And if you That's know Casper, true. he's a friendly he, ghost. He is a friendly ghost. And that is the end of episode one, the premiere of season two of Invasion. We leave off with Mitsuki still communicating with the alien blob, Anisha with a piece of metal reacting, Luke hearing voices in his head that are humming, mm-hmm. and Casper unconscious, but hopefully coming back to life soon. Yeah. Solid start to Invasion Season 2, I gotta say. Very solid start. I, I was not disappointed, though yes, there were a couple convenient things, and it didn't ruin it for me. This is just us. Uh, critiquing the episode yeah, yeah. um uh, it, it was a, it was a great start I, I am really excited for season two the rest of it i'm a little disappointed that i don't get to binge this one like i got to binge season one yeah this is a, such a bingey show mm-hmm. like this one's up this one is definitely uh it's it's sad that we can't just click keep on clicking to the next episode but i know i tried but it's like eh give it a week oh by the way we have another (laughs) show that looks pretty promising coming out september 8th called um the changelings has lakeith stanfield Mm -hmm. starring in it i love lakeith stanfield he's in atlanta with donald glover aka childish gambino oh yeah and uh he's in get out he's he's always just terrific and everything oh Um, was was he the main actor in get out no he was the guy who warns the guy in get out who's wearing a hat and he's saying okay Good, get out, get out. He says, freaking out. 
Gotcha. About okay. have, I'm about to have nightmares thinking about it. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch the trailer for Changelings. It didn't pop up when I started what, this. What uh, popped up for you? Nothing. Oh, you must have skipped it accidentally or something. I may have. It It, it kind of glitched out when I hit play the first time. Check, check, check it out. It looks pretty cool. It's like a horror almost. Kind of like of the ilk of The Servant, which I haven't watched yet. But uh, You haven't watched The Servant? I want to watch it for my boy Rupert. I know. Though I'd, I'm... If you haven't listened, listen at or watched it, listen at your own expense. I'm not a huge fan. Don't I'm not anything. saying anything spoilery. I'm not a huge fan of him in in this series. No, I don't have the same love for him as I did in Harry Potter. I feel like rewatching all the Harry Potters. I I was sent a TikTok yesterday that that made me emotional. Yeah. Watching watching uh watching all the Potter kids grow up. You know. Yeah. See, Harry Potter's always on here. And uh, you know, my dream, you know, I've always wanted, if I could spend 10 years of my life show running the remake of Harry Potter on HBO, which is confirmed, that would be a glorious, glorious adventure. That'd Just be pretty great. Cool. 10 years. I would, I would gladly spend 10 years show running the Harry Potter series because Harry Potter would, I, everyone who loves the Harry Potter movies is talking crap about the series. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter was made to be a TV series, man. And one of the crazy things going to be is it starts as like child friendly for the first mm-hmm. two books, right? Even though the second yeah. one gets a little dark with the Basilisk and uh, Voldemort's diary and all that. Mm-hmm. But you get to the third book and it starts getting dark because you get Azkaban, you get the Dementors, you get Sirius Black, you know, you get all this sort of darkness emerging, right? All of the uh, the different uh, creatures that they morph into the uh, the um, Patronus stuff, the, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you get to the fourth and it gets super dark with the Goblet of Fire, right? Yeah. He's back. He's back. You know, all that. Mm-hmm. My boy. You get that whole bit. Such a big ring. <laughs> then you get the Order of the Phoenix. That could have been a lot better if it was a TV show because they leave out crucial theories in the book of Harry Potter relating to the night that his parents were murdered. Okay. They mm-hmm. leave that out entirely from the movies. They don't even... They don't even go down that path. And it has something to do with a very key character in the movies who really, it's a shame what happens to him. Then the sixth one is a travesty. What they did, it opens up tremendously. Uh, looks beautiful as a movie, but they leave out they leave out a, a key funeral that is the most, it is the best scene from the entire book. And then the seventh one, they did all right with the two, with the two movies, splitting it in two. You could make the argument that they should have been splitting it into two movies since the Goblet of Fire. Hmm. Interesting. I before we get back to invasion for a quick moment and round out the episode, um, I, I feel like with Harry Potter, like you've had this big division from the book reader and the movie watcher. Yeah. Like I don't think a lot of people that liked the books liked the adaptation to film uh, initially, but I agree that if any of the two are going to like the TV show, it would have to be the book readers. I, I feel like those that are the movie watchers, and I'm not, I'm not going to speak for everybody. I'm making an assumption. This is my perspective. I think the majority of the movie watchers will not like the TV show because they're too emotionally tied to the characters that they've seen and heard versus read and, and had this own image in their mind of who these characters were for their entire lives. Yeah, I agree. It has more to do with people being attached to the idea of Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and um, yeah, Rupert Grint Rupert. as as you know Ron, Harry, and Hermione. But uh, 
nonetheless, with that being said, I do think that it's too soon to turn it into a TV show. Personally, I think they should wait about another 10 to 15 years to go into they production, but they're going to go almost every day. What's up? They still play the movies every day. I pers- yeah, I personally feel that they should probably do the next... Like, if they want opt- like optimal impact... The thing is with Harry Potter and me is that I started reading Harry Potter when I was like in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated from high school, the, the last book came out the year going into my final year of high school. So I pretty much, you know, it was like a seven-year thing. Same way that yeah. seven years in Hogwarts, it was like seven years. So it very much was like a coming-of-age novel. <laughs> but if you wait another, let's say, generation, so you go another 10, 15 years out, you will have a new generation of kids who are not as familiar with the movies yeah. and you can do it right again. And then the people who watch the movies are like, they probably all have kids by now. And they're like, mm-hmm. they want to reshare that with their kids. They want to relive those memories. And I mean, I, I want to rewatch the books. I've, I've dug them up from storage. I have them all up yeah. here. I want to rewatch books too. Um, rewatch the movies and reread <laughs> the books. I, my only concern is that it's by HBO and I hope it's PG enough that you could let your kids watch it. Yeah, bro. Of course, they're not gonna That's have like it. freaking Harry Potter banging like in as a fifty. Like, <laughs> give me a break. I mean, um, the only thing they might do is some some wokey stuff and like retranslate things, but um, which would be super annoying to yeah. be honest. Um, but almost inevitable in this day yeah. and age, unless yeah. you know you get somebody who's actually a book purist and does it according to the books. But you know, of all these shows, even Apple with the Foundation, I haven't read the Foundation, but if you talk to anybody who's read that series by Isaac Asimov, it's a complete deviation from the the series, but they don't seem to mind it. So, Yeah. Well, this was a riveting rabbit hole into the world of Harry Potter. I did have a couple questions from the episode. Um, I'm assuming you, you may have noted a couple of these down. Our typical questions at the end of a good episode. Who's your favorite character in the episode? Mitsuki. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Nikhil Kapoor. Oh, really? Yeah, I like them a lot. Like, I, I, I'm excited to see a new character. Still like the old characters. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see a new one. It, I, he was very memorable for me. So He was good. I, he I did own him. his moments. I can't even find him on IMDb. Yeah. I'm trying to find the actor's name. but I tried as well. Uh, I could probably have scrolled to the yeah, credits for in sure. the episode. It's, it's there somewhere. It'll be there eventually. How about favorite scene in the episode? Mm. This might be the same for us. Um... I'm not going to lie, the David Bowie song playing was kind of weird. You didn't like the David Bowie song. I I, I was about to make the comment earlier. Like, I, I love it when, when shows or movies like this use Space David Odyssey. Bowie? I just... I'm, I think it's got to be it. the most played song in television history. On a, It's in Mad Men when Don Draper goes right past the uh, the exit. Um, he drives straight past it and... And it says, and the papers want to know what clothes you uh-huh. wear. And it's like, it's perfect. And then there's another, um, there's, there's more. But uh, yeah, it's heavily featured. Yeah. Twice David, in, this, in this whole show. So if far. David Bowie is the reason the aliens stop attacking Earth, <laughs> what a legacy. Isn't that love? Is it, is that, it's the love David Bowie put into his songs. That would make it, <laughs> that, that would make it, the greatest song in human history if it yeah. if it stopped an alien invasion what if the aliens traversed across the galaxy because they wanted to go to a david bowie concert 
But then they got thing. here and they found out he had died. And then they become traumatically upset and they start attacking the earth and terraforming it to bring him back so that they can have one last concert with David Bo- nah. his His, uh, his song Space Oddity was featured on the golden record that we sent sailing into outer space. Yes, yes it was. It, actually, it's endlessly looped, right? On... Uh, I think that's whatever all. it is is endlessly looped. Oh yeah, no, so. no, he he has um, Elon Musk when he sent the the Tesla Roadster into space, he put a David Bowie song playing on loop. Did he really? Yeah. What? Let me find out. What? Damn it! So Elon it Musk is the reason the the aliens are attacking. This is right. He Mr. thought David Bowie was gonna play, but it's con- not uh, Space Odyssey. He played it's uh, Star um, something. I don't remember what song song it was, but I'm curious to see what what you looked it up. Um, My favorite scene in this was Mitsuki interfacing with the blob. Is this still live? I just liked it. It was very interesting. Okay, okay. The rocket's payload contains an exposed Tesla Roadster playing Space Oddity. Yeah, it's playing Space Oddity. (laughs) Come on, Elon. It's okay, so... Um, if all goes according to plan, after separating from three boosters, the rocket will eventually discard its payload fair, fairing caps. When it, okay, well, Tesla rotates towards a billion-year elliptical orbit of Mars, moving at about seven miles per second. The open-top rotor will be piloted by a dummy dressed in SpaceX's latest suit as he listens to an endless loop of space oddity. So, it's the greatest song in human history. Apparently, yeah, it's gonna protect us it's from one the of, aliens. It's one of my. Everything. It's literally one of my favorite songs ever. I I do love the song. Like I like I was gonna say a, mo- a little earlier. I love any show that uses a song like this. It's just it's great, and they've done it twice, and I like it every time it comes on. I, I can't I can't not like the song. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, next is favorite line in the episode. I wrote a, f- a couple down. Um, if you don't, if you don't know, that that's okay. Probably Clark had both of them. Not everything's as it seems. And then the other one was the hardest prison to escape is your own mind. That was your that was the other one. Okay. The the we're fighting the war against the same enemy when you said anything like that. Maybe we can win. That was that was one of my favorites. The other one was from uh I believe it was Nikhil who said, I'm a big believer in not caring what people feel. Interesting what they say when he says feel and not think. Yes, because the following line was about feelings and whatnot. But anyways, season two, episode one. That's all she wrote. That's all I wrote. It was good. A good start. I'm looking forward to episode two and the journey ahead. Absolutely. Well, I guess this is time for me to get into the outro. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this episode of Invasion by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can find us on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network, where you find playlists to the different shows we've been covering over there. You can visit our website at soapbox.house, email us at contact.soapbox.house, and we do have two links in the description below. One to sign up for a quarterly newsletter, and the other is to fill out a survey that we have open right now while we are collecting information in our efforts to build this network perfect thank you all for tuning in until next time don't Ground touch control. the blob oh, my bad. <laughs> i was gonna say don't touch the blob i like that yeah i wouldn't touch it either. Yeah. Right. 
Or touch the block. I'm just kidding. Don't touch the block. <laughs> Don't touch the block. <laughs> All right. Peace. See, see you next week. <laughs>